Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. Thank you for joining us here, the house of the Lord today. It's always an honor and a privilege to gather as the people of God in his house to lift him up and bring him glory. And that's why we're here first and foremost. Amen. Matthew 11, verses 7 to 10. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Jesus speaks to the multitudes. He speaks to the crowd, the audience surrounding him, crowding around him. And he asks a question, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? John the Baptist had a call of God upon his life. John the Baptist, he was called to prepare the way, to cry out in the wilderness, to be a voice in the wilderness. He had a call of God upon his life. He was unshakable. He was rightly clothed. He was prophetic. Listen to those words. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? And here is what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying. This world is a wilderness. And what this world needs is a John the Baptist generation. Luke 7, verses 24 to 26 in the Passion Translation. Jesus spoke about John to the audience crowded around him saying, What kind of man did you expect to see out in the wilderness? Did you expect to see a man who would be easily influenced 
and shaken by the shifting opinions of others? Who did you really go there to see? Did you expect to see a man decked out in the splendid fashion of the day? They are the ones who live in the lap of luxury, embracing the values of this world. Or did you discover a true prophet out in the lonely wilderness? What does a John the Baptist generation look like? What does a John the Baptist generation sound like? I'll tell you. Unshakable. Rightly clothed. Prophetic. Just like John out in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. Just like John crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Just like John, a generation that knows who they are, whose they are, and why they are. John 1, verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. The Passion Translation, John answered them, I am fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. I am an urgent, thundering voice shouting in the desert. Clear the way and prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord Yahweh. We understand that John the Baptist literally prepared the way of the Lord. But I believe with all of my heart that this call is upon this generation, just as this call has been upon every generation since the time of John. This is the heart of God for his people alive today. Luke 7, verse 27, See, I am sending my prophetic messenger who will go ahead of me and prepare hearts to receive me. How do we prepare the way of the Lord? By being like John. Unshakable. Luke 7 verse 24, in the New King James Version, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? The Living Bible, did you find him weak as grass, moved by every breath of wind? Passion Translation, as we've read, what kind of man did you expect to see out in the wilderness? Did you expect to see a man who would be easily influenced and shaken by the shifting opinions of others? You see, if we are going to prepare the way of the Lord, going ahead of him, preparing hearts to receive him, we are going to have to be unshakable. We are going to have to be a people that are not shaken by the wind, not moved by every breath of wind, not easily influenced and shaken by the shifting opinions of others. We're going to have to hold to the opinion and opinions of God You say, can I be unshakable? Yes. Psalm 16, verse 8, I've set the Lord always before me. 
Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. You see, I want to remind the church today that we are not alone in the wilderness. The very one we are preparing the way for is with us. He's with us in this wilderness world. Acts 2 verse 25 in the voice, I see the Lord is ever present with me. I will not live in fear or abandon my calling because he guides my right hand. Take heart today, church. He has overcome the world. Be encouraged today. He's on the throne. He's working in this time. In this wilderness world, he's looking for a people that will prepare the way. Prepare his way. Don't let the winds of the world, the world winds, the whirlwinds shake you. Know who you are. Remember whose you are. And remember why you are. You see, John never lost sight of why it was he was in this wilderness. And so too I pray for us that we never lose sight of why we are in this wilderness. How can we prepare the way of the Lord? By being like John. Rightly clothed. Matthew 3, verses 3 to 4. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with the leather belt around his waist. Am I suggesting today that we clothe ourselves in camel's hair and put a leather belt around our waist? And the answer is no. It's the spiritual meaning and significance of the clothing John wore. It was humble clothing. He was clothed in humility. His clothing was not soft. For this wouldn't have been appropriate attire. You see, this wasn't an easy call. This was not undemanding. His garments were coarse, symbolizing his mission to preach repentance. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight a highway for our God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This mission to preach repentance. His garments set him apart from everyone else. And the clothing he wore linked him to a very significant prophet in the Old Testament. 2 Kings 1.8 in the ESV, they answered him. He wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. The Orthodox Jewish Bible, garment of camel hair and girt with a belt of leather about his waist. Prophetic clothing, clothed in the garments of a prophet. A prophetic generation, a generation with a voice, a generation that uses the voice, a generation 
with a voice in the voice, a sound in the sound, the very utterance of heaven being released in the wilderness, preparing the way for God, an unshakable generation, rightly clothed. Not wearing what everyone else wears. Not adorning themselves in the fashions of the world. Not aiming to please man, but aiming to please God. Not trying to fit in, but trying to fit the call. What does Matthew 3, 4 in the voice say? John wore wild clothes made from camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, the clothes of an outcast. A rebel. He was peculiar. He was set apart. You see, John the Baptist knew who he was. And he knew whose he was. And he knew why he was. Unshakable and rightly clothed. How can we be like John the Baptist? John ate a peculiar diet. Matthew 3, 4, his food was locusts and wild honey. And what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us here is that he's looking for a generation that doesn't eat like the rest of the world. That doesn't consume what the rest of the world is consuming. I can't help but think of other men in the Bible who chose not to partake of what the rest of the world was consuming. Daniel 1, verse 8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And the question came forth, would their faces look worse than the other young men who were their age? Partaking of this peculiar diet, not eating what the rest of the world was eating, not consuming what the rest of the world was consuming. Would they be as healthy? Would they be as fit? Would they be as strong? You know what Daniel said? Put us to the test. He said, put us to the test. We choose God's diet. Put us to the test. Verses 11 to 14, so Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days What would be the outcome? Put us to the test, Daniel said. We choose God's diet. We're not going to partake of what the world is partaking of. Verse 15 in the New King James Version, at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. The Voice Bible reads, Daniel and his friends were better off than all the young men eating from the king's best foods. They looked healthy and well-nourished. The word of the Lord today, I want to encourage the church, listen, choose the Lord's diet and you'll be better off. Choose what the Lord prescribes for food and for eating. 
for partaking of in this life. Don't eat the diet of the world. Don't get caught up in what the world's eating. Don't start to consume it and bring it in. Rather say, no, I won't have it. I eat differently than the world eats. Put me to the test. Put me to the test because I trust in God. How can we prepare the way of the Lord? By being like John. Cry out in the wilderness. Cry out in this wilderness. John 1, verse 23. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You ever felt like you're all alone crying in the wilderness? The only one willing to lift your voice, the only one willing to cry out, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight a highway for our God. Clear the way. Prepare your hearts. Cry out in the wilderness. I am the voice of one crying out. I am the voice, the sound, the language, the tongue, the expression, the declaration. I am the voice of one crying. That is calling out, shouting like thunder in the desert, like thunder in the wilderness. And what is the cry? What is the cry? Clear the way and prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord. Straighten out the road for the Lord. He's on his way. Get ready for the coming of the Lord. We use our voices, but we know that our very existence thunders in the desert. Our very existence thunders in the wilderness as we remain unshakable, not blown in the wind, not easily influenced by the shifting opinions of men, the changing opinions of others. As we remain unshakable, the voice thunders in the desert. The voice thunders and shakes the wilderness. As we choose God's diet, push off the world's diet and only partake of what the Lord would have us partake of. Consume the things of God and get consumed by the things of God. As we use our voice, this world is a wilderness and what this world needs is a John the Baptist generation, a generation that prepares the way of the Lord, a generation that cries out, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the way of the Lord, open up a highway for God. A generation that clears the way of any hindrance, any debris, any barricade or blockade, we're talking about a generation that deals with crookedness. A generation that prepares their hearts for the coming of the Lord. Not just crying out that others prepare their hearts, that others behold the Lamb of God, but they themselves prepare their hearts for the coming of the Lord. They themselves behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The life behind the voice. A generation that uses their voice, whatever that means. And however that can apply. Wherever God has placed them. 
knowing who they are, knowing whose they are, and knowing why they are. Even if I cry alone, I'll cry out. Even if I cry alone, I'll cry out. I am the voice of one. It's easy to cry out when everybody else is crying out. It's easy to join into the sound. But the call here is to be one that says, I'm willing to be the voice of one. I'm willing to lift my voice and declare the truth of God. I'm willing to speak up in this time. My time in history to speak truth and declare truth and stand for truth no matter the cost. I don't want to fit in. I want to fit the call. John the Baptist separated, called chosen, out in the wilderness, crying out in the wilderness. A peculiar man, different than others, dressed different than others. Unshakable. He didn't eat what everybody else was eating. Why don't you consume what we consume, John? I gave up that diet long ago. In fact, he never had that diet. Oh, for a generation that is unshakable, rightly clothed prophetic, humble, set on pleasing God, peculiar, set apart, and wholly devoted, consuming the things of God, not the fare of the world. And this is what I see and this is what I hear in the Spirit because 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10 declares it. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. This is to all of us. This is to this generation, old and young, those alive today that are following Jesus Christ. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The message paraphrase reads, you are the ones chosen by God. Can you receive this today? You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. God is looking for us to use our voice. To speak up, speak out, to cry out in the wilderness, to cry out in this wilderness. We can have the worship team return today. I share with you these words David Wilkerson. This is so fitting for today. 
John the Baptist's definition of his ministry was blunt and simple. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. John 1.23. This servant of the Most High, who according to Scripture, was the greatest among them that are born of women, think about it, was the most blessed of all the prophets and a revered preacher of righteousness. The crowds flocked to hear John's scorching messages. Many were baptized and became his disciples and even royalty came under his mighty influence. Some thought he was Christ. Others considered him to be Elijah raised from the dead. John refused to be exalted or promoted. He was emptied of self-serving and he continually withdrew from center stage. In his own eyes, the greatest of all prophets was not even worthy to be called a man of God. But only a wilderness voice, modest, retiring, and unconcerned about honor or usefulness. He didn't care about having a ministry or being mightily used of God. In fact, he considered himself unworthy to even touch his master's shoes. His entire life was devoted to the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, John 1.29. What a powerful rebuke to us in this age of self-occupation, promotion of personalities, influence-grabbing, ego-tripping, and seeking of honors. John could have had it all, but he cried out, He must increase, but I must decrease, John 3.30. And to reach that goal, John kept reminding all who heard him, I am just a voice. Others sought to exalt him. I'm just a voice. Tried to put him on a stand, put him on a pedestal. He said, I'm just a voice. Don't look at me. Don't behold me. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look to Jesus. Prepare a way for Jesus. I'm not even worthy to touch his shoes. The secret of John's happiness was that his joy was not in his ministry or in his work not in his personal usefulness or widespread influence. His pure joy was to stand in the presence of the bridegroom, hear his voice and rejoice in it. His joy was in seeing others, his own disciples included, flocking to Jesus, the Lamb of God. The greatest fulfillment a child of God can know is to lose self and all desire to be somebody and simply rejoice in being a son or daughter who lives in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being totally occupied with Christ is what satisfies the heart. John could stand there in the Jordan River with his eyes fixed on Jesus and be delighted in his presence. He fed his soul on Christ. His heart was always going out to him in adoration and awe. How can we be like John? How can we prepare the way? Unshakable. Rightly clothed. Peculiar diet. Using our voice, crying out in this wilderness. You see, John's voice shook the wilderness because he himself beheld the Lamb of God. 
He had the life to back it up. He himself was consumed, his eyes fixed, his heart devoted. John knew who he was. He knew his place. John knew whose he was. John knew why he was. Unshakable. This is no new news that we live in a world with a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions today in the church, outside the church, just a whole lot of opinions. A.W. Tozer said these words, the cross stands high above the opinions of men, and to that cross all opinions must come at last for judgment. A lot of opinions. The cross stands high above. We hold to the opinions of God. See, John held to the opinions of Almighty God. John was unshakable. It wasn't like grass blown by every breath, every breath of wind. It wasn't a reed shaken. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? What do you see in the wilderness, in this wilderness? A generation shaken and blown by the wind a generation shaken and easily influenced by the opinions of others some new opinion some new opinion listen right now there's a new opinion every day it seems more than one trying to shake us trying to mess with us trying to mess with the mind trying to mess with the heart mess with conviction Mess with emotions. Mess with decision making. Unshakable. A.W. Tozer said these words, the moment we make up our minds, that we are going on with this determination to exalt God over all. We step out of the world's parade. We acquire a new viewpoint. A new and different psychology will be formed within us. A new power will begin to surprise us by its upsurgings and its outgoings. When we determine to bring honor to God above all, to stand unshakable, to be content to be a peculiar people, to be all right with standing alone if it means standing for what is right, for what is true. Even if everyone else bows, we won't bow.
continually consuming the things of God. That our choice diet. After the last service, I wrote down two more quotes. I don't know why I'm sharing them, but here you go. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And another one from A.W. Tozer, God is raising up. I, honestly, I believe this. I don't even know where I got this in the last day or two, but God is raising up heroes. And the time will come when they will appear and the world will wonder where they came from. I just bless the church today. just want to encourage all of us. Listen, we're all on level ground at the foot of the cross. We all need Jesus. He's the strength of our life. We draw on his faithfulness. We all wake up each day and we have a day before us. Though the day looks different for each of us, we need Jesus. The Lord is our light and our salvation. So don't be afraid. The Lord is the strength of our life. We wake up each day and we need to draw on the Lord. We need to behold the Lamb of God. Why? Because there's a world that wants to shake us. And so we need to wake up and we need to behold the Lamb of God. Take notice. Look to Him. Honor Him. Exalt Him. Worship Him. Spend time in His presence. Get filled up with the Word. We need to behold the Lamb of God because all day long you know it's true. All day long the world's trying to shake us. We need to continue to dress right. Understand the mission and understand the call. Not adorn ourselves in the things of the world. Not clothe ourselves in the things of the world. The attitudes, the mindsets. We know how the world wants to come and put clothes on us like heaviness so what are you going to do put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness we have a role to play in this we need to choose to partake of the things of God when the world would want us to partake of the things everyone else is partaking of. What everyone else is consuming. And the world would love to come and silence our voice. The world would love to come in this hour and have the church buy into this lie. The enemy would love this. Nobody can hear you voice doesn't matter what thunder it's not going to make a difference don't cry out in this season just let this season pass nobody's listening nobody can hear you 
Nobody's gathering. Listen, regardless of the outcome, our job is to cry out in the wilderness. And so I just encourage the church today, keep crying out, keep crying out, keep crying out. Let's stand in the presence of the Lord here. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for this example, John. Wow. Lord, so applicable today. We know this world is a wilderness. Dry and weary land. Lord, you're looking for men and women, old and young, to grab hold of the call, to understand who they are, understand whose they are that you're you're the one that's called us Lord you're the one that's commissioned us you're the one that's with us Lord you're the one that's leading and guiding us and God I pray that we'll never forget why we are that we are here to prepare the way and to cry out prepare the way make straight a highway in the desert for God thank you Jesus